Welcome back to this Pro Rata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. Sponsored by Bridge Bank. Be safe. Venture wisely. I'm Dan Mac. On today's show, podcasting gets its Howard Stern moment and some big new questions about that Moderna vaccine. But first, Amy Klobuchar. She is, of course, the senior senator from Minnesota and possible running mate for Joe Biden this November. She's also part of a growing Democratic Party chorus against large mergers, particularly in the tech space. On Sunday, Klobuchar tweeted her opposition to Uber's possible takeover offer for rival food delivery company Grubhub, saying it would be bad for consumers. Then on Monday, she doubled down, calling it, quote, a pandemic driven deal, and then suggested that Trump antitrust regulators should also dig into Facebook's agreement to buy Giphy. Why it matters is that Klobuchar is a moderate by Democratic Party standards, which suggests the center is moving closer to the progressive left when it comes to big corporate mergers. Klobuchar co-signed a letter with Elizabeth Warren asking the Treasury Department and Federal Reserve to block potentially harmful large mergers by companies that have received stimulus grants or loans, although hasn't yet signed on to Warren and AOC's so-called Pandemic Monopoly Act legislation, which would bar all large company mergers until the pandemic's economic strain is eased. In short, all of this indicates that the tech lash could be worming its way back into the political conversation, particularly as we all become more and more reliant on on on-demand services in the coronavirus era. In 20 seconds, we will go deeper with Senator Amy Klobuchar. But first, this. BridgeBank knows the ins and outs of business ups and downs and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to sponsor-backed emerging technology and growth companies for nearly two decades through its national network of banking teams and offices in tech hubs across the country, including San Francisco, Seattle, Denver, Chicago, and Boston. Visit BridgeBank.com to learn more. BridgeBank is a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank. Be safe. Venture wisely. We're joined now by Senator Amy Klobuchar. So, Senator, let's start with your initial tweet on Sunday about the possibility of an Uber and Grubhub merger, which you said, quote, wouldn't be good for you. And by you, I assume you mean consumers. Why do you feel that way? I feel that way because you have these two technological firms, basically, Uber being a drive service and Grubhub food delivery. And you already have Uber with Uber Eats. And when you combine the two of them, they would have about 90% of the food delivery market at the very time of a pandemic when people are clearly relying for their very meals on food delivery like they never thought before. And I have been concerned for quite a while through many mergers about what's going on with this administration right now. And the courts, of course, it's not all about the administration and that so many deals have been allowed to go through. And as we know, big is not always better. And the last thing you want to do is squelch competition when small businesses are hardly able to hang in there. And this idea that they would have 90% of the market. Where does that 90% come from? Because my understanding is they'd have about half the market because DoorDash currently has about half the market. Yeah, well, what it means is that it would further concentrate the 90% into the hands of just two companies when you combine them. And you are correct. In terms of the percentages, it's 48 to about 55 is the estimate of the two of them combined. But yet, I will say in certain cities, New York City, 79% of the market. In Miami, 65, Chicago, 60, Boston, 68 because DoorDash has less of a presence there. One of the things about these companies is that both Uber and Grubhub and DoorDash, they're all unprofitable. And generally, which really means often they're almost losing money per delivery. Doesn't that mean at some point, whether there is a merger or not a merger between these two companies, prices are gonna have to go up on consumers or wages are gonna have to go down for drivers? Okay, so this has been an issue that's been raised in many 
antitrust violating mergers before. And that is that they say, well, they're not making money, so it's okay. Well, I don't think it's okay in the long term. You can't just use the excuse that someone isn't profitable and say, so the way we're going to solve this is let them corner a market. And otherwise, you just literally, and I don't believe the food delivery service is going to go away right now. There's absolutely no way. Americans are ingenious. They're going to find a way to do this. Maybe it'll be more regional. Maybe it would be a bunch of smaller ones, but they will find a way to do this if we just allow the market to do it. And instead, if you just throw up your hands and say, oh, we're not going to enforce the antitrust laws during a pandemic. And this was, by the way, a $10 billion business before the pandemic. And it is still growing and it's going to grow more. The answer cannot be to say, eh, things are tough now, so we're just going to let one or two companies dominate so that you would have this combination of the top two if they were allowed to combine, right, the top two, be 90% of the market because you would have DoorDash and then this combo of Uber Eats and Grubhub be 90% of the market. I don't think that's the answer. We took this attitude during the pandemic. We let every merger go through. Actually, so let me ask about that and broaden this out a little bit, this during the pandemic thing. I know you co-signed a letter to Treasury and to the Fed along with Elizabeth Warren and some others to stop potentially harmful mergers for companies that had received CARES Act funding, maybe other Fed lending programs via the pandemic. There's this broader so-called Pandemic Monopoly Act that Warren and AOC and some others have written, which basically would put a moratorium on all mergers for companies, I think, with $100 million or more in revenue until kind of the broader economic crisis has subsided. Do you support that legislation? I did not get on that letter because I think you need to look at each thing on a case-by-case basis. But I clearly understand the sentiment if this administration isn't doing their job. And that's why I thought the better course was to do the position that this money from the PPP, the money can't be used to finance these mergers and that we aggressively take on these mergers on a case-by-case basis because we don't know how long this is going to last, right? And so you can have mergers that are okay and some mergers that are really bad. And I have fought vigorously against bad mergers through the Obama administration as well as this administration as the ranking member of the antitrust subcommittee. I do have structural changes I think that we need to make to the antitrust laws that, you know, I suggested before the pandemic. And that includes changing the standards and the burden to make it easier to prove up that if these things hurt competition, that they are a problem and that the companies should have to prove for the big mega mergers that they don't hurt competition. That would be a major shift and I think a smart thing to do. More money for antitrust enforcers at the FTC and at the Justice Department. Senator Grassley has done that with me. All we get are tweets from the president, goes after a company he doesn't like, basically, as opposed to methodically taking on these mergers and realizing the courts have gone super conservative when it comes to allowing mergers with especially the Supreme Court right now. So that leaves you with one choice in addition to aggressive enforcement is changing some of these laws. And that's what I think we need to do, not just for the pandemic. In addition to Uber and Grubhub, you put a little, I think those kind of like rolly eye emoji next to what you mentioned, the Facebook Giphy acquisition. You didn't use a Giphy, which it was good. I think you lost an opportunity to put a Giphy, but it was good. Let me just ask, though, I'm curious because you talked about mergers during the Obama administration. Given that you seem to have some concerns about this one, in retrospect, was it a mistake, do you think, for the Obama administration to allow 
allow Facebook to buy Instagram, which is going to be the thing that oversees Giphy here. Yes, I think that merger should have been looked at much more carefully. And I have actually called for it to be looked at now that we need to go back and look at Instagram because I think it's a problem. I don't think it was the right thing to do. And so now we're just adding to this. We're adding to the market dominance by allowing if they allow the Facebook Giphy deal to go through. And I would like to point out, I did those emojis myself in the morning. (laughs) So I appreciate the criticism, but I couldn't figure out how to do the Giphy one by myself. Well, you see, this is why Facebook needs to buy it. It'll make it easier, apparently. For I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, there you go. You see, because they could just control all these emojis so people like me would know how to use them. But I think these are great American companies and that they've come up with ingenious ideas. That's great. But we just can't stand back and use the pandemic as an excuse to allow them to engage what my friend Representative Cicilline calls pandemic profiteering. Senator Amy Klobuchar, thank you so much for joining us this morning. All right. It's great to be on. Thank you. My final two right after this. With offices and tech hubs throughout the country, including San Francisco, Denver, Chicago, and Boston, BridgeBank supports the innovation ecosystem wherever it thrives and helps breakthrough ideas actually break through. And through its teams focused on technology and life sciences companies and the equity investors who fuel them, BridgeBank delivers a responsive, high-touch client experience. BridgeBank is a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be safe, venture wisely. Now it's time for my final two. The podcast is moving to Spotify. So that's Joe Rogan, who yesterday announced that his popular show is moving to Spotify on an exclusive basis. This could become a watershed moment for podcasts, reminding some of Howard Stern's move from terrestrial to satellite radio. In short, most of us listen to podcasts on free platforms tied to our Apple or Android devices, or maybe via a third-party app that's also free. But Spotify has been trying to apply the streaming TV model, the Netflix model, to audio, and soon will pull the number two show on Apple Podcasts into its walled garden. Now, Rogan says you will not need to buy a Spotify subscription to listen to his show, but clearly Spotify's intent here is to drive app downloads and then upsell users. If successful, it could change the face of podcasting. And finally, Moderna, the Massachusetts biotech that is furthest along in developing a vaccine for COVID-19. On Monday, the company released some information from its phase one clinical trial and then launched a one and a quarter billion dollar public offering for its stock, which had just skyrocketed on that information, which generally was very positive. But today, there are some new questions. For starters, Moderna didn't actually release its phase one clinical data like a biotech would normally do. It released some information, really more words than numbers, about a subset of patients in that trial, actually just eight of them. Now, this isn't to say that Moderna is hiding the ball or inappropriately juicing its stock, but the company does need to explain its timing decisions. One possibility is that Moderna rushed out the press release because one of its former directors was just named head of a White House task force on vaccines and alluded to the trial data during his press conference. Again, that's just a possibility. We don't know because Moderna itself isn't commenting. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven. Have a great national Quiche Lorraine Day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata Podcast.